I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to this week's Lost the Words podcast. This week it is the Uran Bank Open and the Memorial, the real Memorial, not Memorial Light like it was last week. Exciting week last week on the PGA Tour. We don't know what happened in Europe because no coverage. We know Mark Warren won for you know the first time in a while and you know played really well and and things like that. But we had no coverage of it, so it's hard to get excited about. But playoff between Justin Thomas and, and Colin Morikawa was pretty impressive, Jason. Yeah, marvelous. Thanks, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, I don't really care how you are anymore. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, you just get into the golf these days. Yeah, the playoff was uh, excellent, wasn't it? I mean, Thomas looked like he was home and hosed, really, in regulation play. Done it before. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Ironically, they both finished on 19, which was last year's winning score. So, therefore, proving that things do repeat. And, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, JT's 50-foot putt on that first extra hole was, was something to behold. A swinging left to right, a downhill, absolutely perfect play. A bit Tiger-esque. And... You know, if Morikawa had any nerves, that would have lipped out left. Instead, it, it sort of ducked in left, didn't it? Yeah. And gave him another go. Can't can't knock him, can you? I think everybody would have put Justin Thomas as winning that playoff. And there we are. A man has now won, I think he's won more tournaments than he's missed cuts in his professional career, I think is is the saying today. He has, hasn't he? So Tiger Woods went, was it 43 times? Yeah. Or something? You know, it's completely different gear. And I know there's a lot of comparisons, isn't there, between Morikawa and Tiger just because of the quality of their irons. And you can't, there's no way you can knock Morikawa's irons. They are phenomenal. He's such a great ball striker. And to be honest, you know, putting, I think, is still an issue. The around the greens is still an issue. He's typically one of those players that from long range, you don't expect him to be bad at putting. He doesn't, it's just he looks incredibly nervous over the short. And on the 18th green, he had a 18 inch or whatever it was. And it horseshoed out, and, and his face, it just looked like it was someone that, like, because obviously what happened at Colonial, you know, a couple of events ago, that would have, if that had not dropped, so there could have been some serious scars. And I, and I know it's early to say that. I mean, he's, he's won twice already in a handful of starts, you know, but you can't ignore those sort of, you know, he looked utterly relieved, and, and as you would be, you know, from a horseshoe, but he almost looked like if, if he'd have missed that, he'd, pff, I don't even know if he'd have turned up this week. He just looked yeah. disastrous. Yeah, you're probably right, but it, it did go in. To be honest, Thomas was poor at the start of the day, wasn't he? It, it looked like he was going to do a Riviera when, when he lost to, to JB. And it's weird because we always sort of see Thomas as this sort of great closer. And it has been then, it was in Mexico, he, he struggled on the final days. He's starting to build a bit of a bit of a habit, bad final rounds, yeah. which is not something I would associate with him. But he brought it back so well towards the end of the day, you know. He had his eagles and you know things that late on, and you think, okay, well, he's destined to win, and then chucks in a couple of late bogeys. And you know, to be fair, if you make a fifty-foot putt and, and the other person drops in on top of you, then you know there's not much you can do with that. Played pretty poorly that hole most times, you know, off eighteen with the freewood. It was bad. I thought. I thought he should have won that. Again, he's not a player you can really knock. That would have been what, his thirteenth win already. We're talking about a major champion, a prolific winner. Morikawa is probably going to be the same, but I just thought you'd expect Thomas to get it done in that in that time, wouldn't you? Yeah, he dropped very badly on his greens in reg, didn't he, on Sunday? I mean, yeah, look, he was what was he sitting on twenty one under? You know, he knows he knows that that's going to do it. Twenty's probably going to do it. Any worse? Yeah, you do have to wonder, don't you? Can't, as you say, you can't knock him. It might just be one of those things. 
Wooden Thomas is you expect him to bounce back, don't you? He'll be fine. You know, it's, it's not going to bother him. What it, what it did, I think, was show the course. I, I thought the course was absolutely brilliant. It's going to be even better this week. Faster greens. Wow, and, you and... saw some ridiculous scores last week. I mean, I, I spoke up about Joel Damon's chances last week and he was awful, wasn't he? I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the course was, was just stunning. If you didn't get if you didn't get your tee shot right, you, you know, you're in big trouble. I think I said I said it on Twitter halfway through. I thought the 11th and 12th were just outstanding. You know, a par five that, that is reachable by all of them. But if you don't get that tee shot right, you're staring six, seven in the face. It was, and it started on first day when I think they showed Brooks Kepka's group on the first day. He was all over the shop there. You then hit that 12th, which looks innocuous. But again, he's, 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 he's a long green. You get that wrong. If you get a short, you're in the front bunker. Okay, you've got an uphill bunker shot. But if you're in the back bunker, it's virtually impossible to get up and down. I, I thought the course was absolutely outstanding. And also, you know, I've seen the course over the years and things like that. But in the day of Instagram and things like that now, I mean, I'd, Patrick Rogers was putting pictures up on the course. And it's one of the most beautiful courses to look at. It's stunning. It, it really is a lovely course. I can't believe. I mean, obviously, I know all the big boys are turning up this week. But I'd have thought I'd have spent two weeks there. I'd have just, I'd have just teed up and, and spent the weeks there. Because it's just it's an unbelievable course. They won't play... A nicer, more furnished, fairway course. Obviously, there's trouble in the rough, and okay, you want to probably limit what you're playing and things like that. But ah, oh, it's, it's a phenomenal track. Jack has yeah. been he's done so well there. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit busy this weekend, but I will be making sure that I get to see quite a lot of this. <laughs> but I hope they don't go off early because early's a pain. But yeah, it was an amazing course, and and proper golf is going to be rewarded. You, you know, you can't play like a muppet and get away with it. And, and hopefully this week. Is very much the same. It's you know, it's a, they're going to move the tees because they don't need divots in exactly the same place. Green's going to be a bit faster, so we may see some differences there. We're expecting it to be a little bit tougher this week. We can come on to that in a minute. We're going to talk about the the Euroamp Bank Open first. You know, second week that they're in Austria now. Challenge Tour event again. You know, Joost Lauten headlines the field again, thirteen to two. You can't be on. You cannot be on after last week. Disappointing last week, wasn't he? Can't, you can't be on. Um, yeah, he just can't. It's, it's just it's, it's simple as that. I mean, to be honest, again, outside, He's done it of, outside of Tiger Woods, I don't think I'd, in his pomp, I don't think I'd, I'm just not that type of person to back players at those odds anyway. I know we spoke about Bryson at 7-1 to a couple of weeks ago and that he'd probably go and win, but it still wasn't enticing enough for us to back him. I'd rather back Bryson than I would Joost Loughton, even in the quality uh, of field. Oh, oh, unquestionably. I mean, Loughton's done it before. He's, you know, he's, he's done it again. I mean, he, he was in pole position, really. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he's got nothing around here is he really doesn't really matter he hasn't played it for 100 years but but he looked like he was we said last week we thought Loughton and uh, Dietrich were guaranteed to get two of the places and there we are well you know it does show you doesn't it uh, but no certainly don't want to be on on somebody like Loughton at 13 or 2 uh, as that was the price he was last week and you're expecting us to do exactly the same five days after he's really thrown away a podium finish so not interested at all no is there anyone at a relatively short price that you're interested in or are we sort of looking at the the longer odds i know you've got an angle in and, and you're ready to hear about <laughs> that and uh, uh, if everyone's got a spare 45 minutes we'll, uh, we'll get through that no i haven't got um a interest in anybody short i thought rickard Karlberg i was looking at on my notes but when i looked up at the price i don't really want to know so no let them win if they want to win up there sammy we back last week he can't play worse can he there are reasons why he should do better here and there are reasons why he won't and and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be interested in, in backing him at 40s after that last week might want to look for a, a wider course for him to be honest with you 
Uh, one of my old favourites, anybody that's been following me on Twitter for all the various websites that I wrote for, uh, will know that I'm a big fan of Oliver uh, Lindell. Um, he played really well last week. I'm hoping that's a sign of a return to what he can actually do, but wouldn't want to be on at 70. I'm not really that bothered. They're all there. I mean, they, they, you know, anybody who's followed the Challenge Tour would know these names for the last couple of years. But yeah, I, I, I've got some sort of angle in that I quite like. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stick to it. There's one, there's one player that I think is worth mentioning in, in the top sort of half of Dallin, and that is Lorenzo Gagli. Now, I looked at it at first and thought, oh, God, you know, 18 to 1, I'm not really, you know, too interested in him. But what price do you make him when, before finishing 25th last week, he finished 12th in Qatar and 10th at Oman? And if there is any possible links to Crown uh, Sercier at the European yes, Masters, he's finished second last year. So, yep. and has won on the Challenge Tour at the Kenya Open. So, sometimes it's, it's hard to kind of remove the price factor about these sort of players because if this was a European you know there's British Masters in a couple of weeks or next week whatever it is he'd be 180 to one wouldn't he so it's it's hard to really distinguish that and realize actually in this level of playing field that's probably not a terrible price on him no I don't think we I don't think we necessarily say it's a terrible price same as Carl, Carlsberg, Carlsberg I need a drink that's, that's a terrible uh, price yeah well, yes, it is, but, but I, I can sort of see why he's not much bigger than sort of 25, 28. It's not that he's necessarily the wrong price, maybe. He's no interest at that price, I think, is more than what I could say. I think, you know, you, you tend to go through a field, certain uh, names catch your eye, and there's a price against them, isn't there? And he just doesn't appeal to that price. I'm sure there were, there were a few times he went off that price on the Challenge Tour and, and didn't do the job. And you, I think at 16 to 1, you have to do the job. He was a bit bigger earlier, I admit, but compare that to say just my mate Patrick Cantley over at Memorial if yeah I mean who do you, you know, trust more to get the job I, done that that's what you're looking at isn't it you could just go to the other event and have a, a short price bet couldn't you yeah it, it, as I say I don't think you can argue about the price it's just of no interest at that price Gagley and a Cantley double no don't trust either of them then no no it's not that I don't trust them I, I just <laughs> it, it doesn't appeal look let's let's get into I mean there's a couple of names outside of, of the the angle that you've got here and and it is really interesting in what you've done you know i joke about how long it's taken you to get to the point but it is very interesting and, and does make an awful lot of sense but there's a couple of names that i will mention after that just that i thought was stuck out on the page for me at a big price but give us your angle go on okay right now bear with me folks if you can i'll buy you a biscuit after okay two runs of this event callum hill you and ferguson first and second 2019 Darius Van Driel and David Law 2018. Obviously, three of, three of those four are Scottish, and we know that there is a, a correlation between uh, certain areas, Austria, Finland, Scandinavia, the Nordic countries, Scotland and Ireland tend to share, if you like, the nationality of those in contention between them. We've always known that in Ireland, Scandinavians are well fancied and, and the other way around. 2004, 2008, Okay, it was a Challenge Tour event, so we're going back quite a bit. But again, Swiss, Danes, Austrians won it. Spanish, Spanish, uh, that was Cabrera Bayo won it. Interestingly enough, only one homeboy got in the top two during those years, and that was Zane Scotland. So therefore, and uh, we can say there's another uh, point to Scotland there. <laughs> right, just going through it, if you can bear with me, Callum Hill, who's uh, now a really decent player, he was third in the Rolex in 2019. Darius Van won that, who of course played well last week won this Ewan Ferguson was 10th in that event Ferguson was second to Hill here last year and Jack Senior who's good in Ireland was 14th Hill also was tied third in the Finnish challenge again Finn Scots etc Rupi Kakao was third in his home event 
and Matt Baldwin was six in there. And the reason I put Matt Baldwin in there will come apparent later. But wherever Rupi Kako seems to finish, Matt Baldwin finishes. As another side, they both finished exactly tied 31st in last week's event. Back to Cameron Hill. 2018, he won the Northern Irish Open. Ferguson was seventh there. And another player to throw in. I'll, I'll be coming back to these players. Scott Henry was tied second in that. I'm happy with it, with the correlation between between Northern Ireland and this event because of that. And obviously, 2019, he did win here. Rupi Kaka was 30th. The reason I've gone through all that is that the, the man who toughened the Austrian course up, Jeff Howes, also did Fota Ireland, which held the Irish Open in 2014, 2002, 2001. Monty won in 2001. Scottish, 2002, Soren Hansen. Dane, 2014, Mikko Illinen finish. Again, exactly the same region, exactly the same areas. We're looking for players that play well in certain areas, in certain types, etc., etc. Right, Matt Baldwin was mentioned as finishing sixth when Callum Hill finished third in the finish challenge last year. He's actually been playing quite well over the uh, lockdown. Been playing the little events, 1836 tour, I think the clutch tour. Uh, you had the Andy Sullivan. You had a mixed mixed game. Charlie Hull was playing. Says he needs to be a bit sharper, which is fine. But I thought he warmed up really nicely in Tide 31 last week. He had three birdies on the 18th, which is a closing par three, which for me shows that his irons are in, in great form. He's got the distance absolutely bang on. He had 17 birdies overall, and that included, as you right, we rightly discussed earlier on, dropping seven shots, if you like, on the par fives. He had no birdies on the easiest par five. He had three bogeys on the par five, 15th and 16th. Right, go back to the correlation in 2014 Irish Open, won by Illinan on a course that was designed by Jeff Howes that made this event harder as well. He was third. Rupi Kakao was tied 21st there. 2018, he was tied 9 in Belgium, tied 12th in Denmark. Again, the area is perfect before he sort of won and placed on the MENA tour. He's, he's a bit better than that lot, so he should be winning over there. He's been going on and out, Baldwin. We never really know what to expect, but I think when he does turn up at the right course, he's one to follow. 2019, he was tied 13th in the Spanish Challenge, which was won by Rosner, and he was tied 6th in the Finnish event. Rupi Kaka was 3rd, Callum Hill was 3rd. So again, for me, there's a correlation between the way they're playing and the courses and the form. Last week, Mark Warren won, obviously with no caddy either. And I just think that, inspired by Warren, staying in the same place, so we haven't got too many transport worries, with the form in Ireland with the form in the area and with his type of play and with his irons getting there, I just thought that I was happy to take 60 and I think there's plenty of 80 about. So for me, Matt Baldwin is one of the bets uh, over there. I can go on with uh, correlations if we like. Is your mind Tom, dear? Yeah, go on. You go ahead. One one other thing I'd say about Matthew Baldwin just before we sort of move on from him is that he also played the Leoness Open when in 2014 he finished 12th. And we talk about him being maybe a better class than he's maybe sort of thought of. You know, he's finished fifth in Morocco, third, as you said, in the Irish Open, fifth in a Scottish Open, fifth in, in France, uh, you know, the Ryder Cup course, and tenth in Qatar, you know. So he's a he's a player that on his day is, is top quality sort of European tour player. And mm. you know, this is a challenge tour event, isn't it? So to get 80 to 1 about him in this sort of field. And even if you just focused on last week, in the fact that he did basically waste seven shots on par fives. Now, okay, you can't so can't give him all of those seven shots. You can't say you should make those on any given week. But that's the difference between him finishing where he finished in 31st to 4th. You know, so if he'd have finished 10th last week, 
he's half the price, isn't he? And that is it was a feasible amount to do that. So I thought it was really interesting, even without the correlations that you've made. I thought he was a name that actually stood out for me, in, you know, just looking down the list. But yeah, yeah carry on with your well, well, wherever Matt Baldwin finishes, and we expect him to be eight clear by the end, Rupi Kakao is, and that's not made up. I've been through it, and there's plenty of places where Kakao just turns up where Baldwin turns up, or turns up where Hill turns up. So being finished, I'm quite happy. He's, he's going through to a, a very mountainous course. I know it's uphill, and then it, and then it turns downhill, but it's mountainous. It's a clever course. He won the Madeira Open in 2015. That's, again, is another quite tricky course. That was a co-sanctioned event. Irrelevant is it's co-sanctioned this week, but that's a fact that the only tournament he's really won is that one. Again, I mentioned the Irish Open where he was tied 21st. He's got plenty of form in Finland, the Echo Tour, St. Omar. He's got, he's got form at the right places. He correlates with the right people. So, again, if we're going to take eight, is about Matt Baldwin. So we can get 90 the first seven places for Rupi Kakao. And I'm, I'm quite happy that he's maybe not on the same trajectory as, as Baldwin. I think we'll probably finish above him. But there's enough there for me to think that he'll finish very, very close to him. So he's, he's number two on the list. As we're relating players to players, if we go back to Kakao's win at Madeira, Scott Henry was second at Madeira. He also finished, uh, when he did finish second in the Finnish Open, Darius Van Driel was second. He won here last year. I mean, he's also been third at the Jati, which is the old St. Omar event. And St. Omar, again, being a tricky course, wanting a certain type of player to succeed there. You need a lot of patience there as well. So Scott Henry's tied in with Kakao and Darius Van Driel. He's also tied fifth round this course in 2018. And in 2019, although he missed the cut, he hit 67 in the first round. Scott Henry's 301. For me, it's it's a no-brainer. I, I, I don't don't care how he's playing. He fits in with everybody else. He fits in at the right course. He's a lovely backup to two of the main bets of the week. or two. Yeah, so there's your three. Three out of the four bets that, that I think must go well. Yeah, I mean, Kakao, sorry, I must just add as well, obviously finished 16th here when it was the Manno Open, which is probably not how you pronounce it. It's probably Mon yeah. or something, back in 2007 and 30th here last year. I expect them all to be top 30. I know that's not particularly ambitious. I expect them all to be top 30. And as you rightly say, as you rightly pointed out five minutes ago, Tom, the differences in, in certain holes can make the difference between being 30th and being 4th. So I'm very, very happy to take those prices as three of my four bets this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think one name that stood out to me, just when I was looking back at the event last year, Matt Ford finished fourth last year and finished 18th last week. They had a third round 74, only a couple of shots outside the top 10. And I just thought, you know, 100 to one about him. We know he's he's been around for a long time now and possibly hasn't fulfilled the potential that he maybe had, that hasn't won. But he just sort of stood out as a name to me. He's played well in Ireland as well. He's played well in Scotland. If he's going to play well, it's going to be a course he's already done it. He shot 13 under here last year, never worse than 68, which came in the final round, and that was still under par. And as I say, it was very close to a good week last week. And if you're looking at people that are, that are sticking around for the two weeks, then he was one that sort of picked out to me in the, in the list. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't argue with you. They, they all find something, don't they? We said it last week they can find something and if if that gives them the confidence and as you know as you rightly say if they are staying on over from last week it can only do them good and there's one player that has completely dropped off the mountainous course that he's here this week marcel seam 
finished 23rd last week. I mean, you know, you look down his world rankings and he's miscut, 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 disqualified, withdraw, miscut, miscut, 50th. He is a hot-headed character that's, you know, got his his problems. But he's a four-time winner. Mm. And, yeah, above this level. And he's played very well at the European Masters. Yeah, at Kransas, yeah. He wasn't particularly a name that particularly stuck out to me originally just because... He's just in terrible form. Even last week, he was only 23rd in an event that you'd think would be below his level. But he's staying around for another week, so he obviously thinks it's worth it rather than, than pitching up and going over to Britain for four weeks or whatever it is. He's got huge form if we go back, hasn't he? You know, the, the I don't think he's still got the ponytail, though, has he? Uh, I don't know. It's been that long since I've seen him. You know, no, I, I used, I I used to pitch up to Wentworth every year and, and see yeah. him. And he's a very good player. Like he's a very talented player. He's been part with my others this week, which kind of made me have another look at him. I mean, I'm not sure whether I particularly like his chances to win, but you'd expect him to go better than his price suggests. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just reading his Twitter feed, he, he sort of fell out of love with golf. But I mean, what happens, isn't it? If you play badly, you've you fall out of love with it. You then play badly because you don't want to be there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But looking at it, he's he's put a tweet up in uh, February saying starting to enjoy the game again and if that's the case yeah he's certainly got the talent hasn't he I'll tell um, you another person that fits that same profile he must really probably have fallen out of the game in especially the last couple of years but maybe three or four now is Matteo Manassero that pitches up this week if you'd have told me five or six years ago since he was no, 2013 wasn't it that he won at Wentworth if you'd have told me you could get 250 to one about Manassero in a challenge tour event you know, six years, seven years down the line. You wouldn't believe it, would you? I mean, he looked like he was going to be a major winner. He looked like he was going to be a Ryder Cupper. He won four times in his first four years on European tour. I mean, you can't expect him to go well this week because like, he's missing the cut on the on the Nordic Golf League and things. I think it's 200. It's, it's, it's a name, look, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, with respect, I've, you know, I've put the evidence up for Scott Henry and he's double the price. And yes, yeah, Scott Henry will never be what Matteo Manassero, Manassero could have been. I think he changed his golf swing, didn't he? He tried to get a bit more length. Which it's, is it's, astonishing, isn't it? And you look back at these decisions and you just think, you well, know, yes, really, okay, you want Bryson. to compete. Uh, yeah, but Bryson's a different character, isn't it? Well, he is. He is. But if somebody, well, somebody was talking about, I can't remember what sport, it might have been, the, I was watching the test match or something, where they said, I can't remember who it was, and, and he was flying and they suddenly decided to get a coach in and change what they were doing. No idea why. That's it's what just not being but, content, is it? It's not. It's it's not enough to win once every year on European tour for a player that he thought he was going to be the, one of the best players in the world, and he and he wanted more, didn't he? And sometimes, unfortunately, you can get greedy. I mean, Luke Donald was world number one and tried to go for a bit more distance, and you know, lost yeah. it. It's constantly trying to strive to be better. At the end of the day, these are professional athletes that, by their own admission and by our what we expect of them, they're, they're never content. They want to be better. You know, this is a guy that finished thirteenth in an open. He's played in every major going. Yeah, but um, if you if you're told you are what you are and getting smashed off the tee and people are reaching par fives that you aren't reaching and yet you're told you're gonna to be your mate stuff happens, people tinker with it all the time, there's never a problem, is there? It's just on unfortunately on this occasion it it, it went wrong. So um Is there also a case to say that I mean, because that was kind of the peak time that I was really getting into I mean, I've always been a bit of a fan of golf, but this, when he was about, you know, 2010, 2013, that was the kind of period where I really got into golf, really got into golf betting, you know. And I saw him win that playoff at Wentworth against Simon Kahn and Mark Warren. 
And to me, he was the he was the best thing since sliced bread. He won me a fortune that week. He paid for more than me going to Wentworth for five years. So I think I just gave him the benefit of the doubt. Is there a, a case to say that that maybe he just overachieved at the time based on his ability? Maybe took advantage of a of a couple of years where he was playing against. You know, the, you look at the list of people he's beat. You know, he's beaten new stays in an event, mm-hmm. but he beat Ignacio Grido, Gregory Bordy, Simon Carn, and Mark Warren. Not like he's gone out and beaten world beaters and then disappeared off the face of the earth is it so what i'm trying to say is maybe there was just too much expectation and really it probably wasn't maybe as good as we expected it happens all the time we expect people yeah, to be okay. these, these world best players it was like victor de Buisson. everyone thought he was going to go on and win a major and now he doesn't even tear up now there's i think there's a lot more issues with him but maybe the, these players just they go for a good purple patch andy sullivan another one go for a good patch of form and play maybe above expectations and people think they can reach a higher point in that, and maybe it's just not possible. The strength you've got to have to believe in what you're doing, to to put work into something that you may not believe in necessarily at the start, it, it can only be a mental thing. And once once you go out there and don't believe that you can hit the ball where you want to with whatever club, when you you, you just fall out of love with it, don't you? Well, I mean, we you mentioned it about last on, on the course, could he? He was he was all over the place off the tee, and you know it's been since 2015 really that he really started struggling he actually if it wasn't for his win at the pga he'd have lost his card so there's there's so many isn't there you know i hope he comes back just because i I really liked him when he come out he's still only 27 years of age so exactly yeah that shows you doesn't it yeah yeah Yeah. that, that he was maybe just so young at the time i mean you see we see people like jordan spieth and Morikawa and people on the PGA that just win early and and can fight through all that mental state. Some people can't. I think maybe you know with America they they all come out of university. They they're groomed for the professional game a bit earlier on than than Europeans. I think and I just don't think maybe he could cope with it. And hopefully the best is yet to come from him. I don't know if it is. I don't know if he's maybe just done his winning and and that's it. But it'd be certainly nice to see him come back. And no one would begrudge him making a cut this week. He's not going to, is he? Well, I don't know. It depends how good he is, doesn't it? It depends. I mean, he hasn't played well for five years, so he's... I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those names you want to look out for, isn't it? Yeah, I wish Jin Jong was playing and we could have a match-up series <laughs> who's, who's gone the most. It's a shame to be talking about a player in that vein, but you know. that's what it is, isn't it? Can I just oh. mention my fourth one there? Craig Howie, who uh, made the cut Q school, just missing it by two shots, finishing in 34th. Having won the Order of Merit on the Pro Golf Tour 2018. Pro Golf Tour, pretty significant, being obviously where it is on mainland Europe. Wins in Germany, has a playoff loss in Germany, has a third place in Germany and a third in Austria, and also in Egypt. And in the Egypt, I think there's a Red Sea event. David Law was tied ninth. Now, I don't think there's a correlation between Egypt and, and you know the Austrian event, but the fact is Law was tied ninth. This, this fella is a winner. He can compete very well, so he deserves his place at this level. And I thought last week he really caught the eye very well. Finished second after round one last week behind Juice Luton, who we all thought was going to kick on from being in front, especially with an early tea time second day. Round two, again, finished in second. Round three, hit the hit the buffers a bit with a 74 and dropped down to ninth. And most people would have expected the likes of Dietrich, the likes of Luton to go past him. But he rallied in round four with a 69 to finish top five, actually finished fourth, 15 birdies and one eagle. For a player who didn't quite know what to expect turning up at, at was really his first event, I was very, very impressed with him. He's clearly got a future. 
he's with the Paul Laurie Five Star Sports Academy, and Laurie's done an awful lot for for Scottish golfers. Has done for years yeah, and absolutely. plenty of money in it. He's also Laurie's also set up his own Tartan Pro Tour as well to encourage Scottish golf. Craig Howie, in interview, said that he was very happy with his long game at South Africa that he played just before obviously the break. He was uh, tied tenth at Limpopo, tied twenty fifth in the Data Pro Am, and tied fourth obviously in the Austrian just here, said he's happy with his long game. He's happy that he's not dropping that many shots. And he's during the break, he's had short game lessons from Paul Laurie himself. Not a bad mentor to have, is it? Absolutely not. And, and of course, being Scottish in this event is clearly a boon. Uh, the evidence suggests there's, this gives you some advantage. And after a fourth in the same country, uh, I'm, I'm quite amazed that he was 125 this morning. I made him... Round about 66, 70 or one. Very, very happy to have him on side. So they're, they're my four bets. So let's summarise those four picks just, just so they don't get lost in there. So there's Matthew Baldwin. Matt Baldwin. Uh, yep. 66 to 80 to one, roughly. Yeah, Ruby, Ruby Kaka. Kaka, 90 to one. Craig, Craig Howie. And 25 advised. I don't know what he is now. Yeah. And uh, Scott Henry at 300, who I think you, you've got to have a look on the exchange. It's going to be a stupid price for exchange. Or... Again, have a look at him as a top 20 or something because he's going to be 12, 14 or 1 for a top 20 anyway. Yeah, really like their, really like their cases. I think you can get top 7 with a couple of books. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Was there any, you know, I know you referenced to him earlier, was there any further interest in Oliver Lindell this week? At, at big big fan of Oliver Lindell, uh, just blowing smoke up my own orifice. Oliver Lindell was actually running in the Challenge Tour for me to tip three Challenge Tour ranking winners in a row didn't do the job by a long way but i i'm a huge fan of lindell played really well last week i need to see him do it again before i can put him up you can have a list of, of 10 12 he'd be on the list of 10 or 12 and you've got to pick what you can pick let's go on to the memorial now it's the slightly better version of last week's event although last week was was very impressive it was nice to see a tougher golf course it was a reasonable field by all accounts but this week you've got bryson's back rory dj John Rahm. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's a big event, isn't it? Tiger mm. Woods is back. First event, you know, since the lockdown. It's going to be a great event. It's an excellent event. It was already a good event last week. It's going to be better this time around. So, same sort of things that we're looking at from last time. They all played out again. It's, it's strokes going to pro. It's tee to green. It's your par fours, isn't it? They are the difference makers. I thought it was interesting. You know, we said that putting, you know, you can get away with bad putting here. But just to, to really highlight that point is Justin Thomas obviously lost in the playoff. He ranked 29th in strokes game putting. Victor Hovland, who, who played very well all week, finished third, actually losing strokes in putting. He ranked 52nd. And Russell Henley, who was 7th, 53rd in putting. Mm. So clearly, when you know, we're not saying that you can putt terribly. You can't putt like Keegan Bradley, who we'll go on to later, <laughs> who lost nearly seven strokes in putting. Oh. But... You can get away with it. You know, you've only got to have an, an average week on the greens to put yourself in contention. I mean, obviously, there's some players that, that putt, you know, to get themselves in contention, don't they? But that's a completely different matter. It's if you hit these greens regularly and hit them in the right spot, you've got a great chance, even if you are Keegan Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, as we said, I think there were some holes out there where you, if you didn't get them right, you were really, really struggling. I don't care what your putting's like. You'd be putting for bogey. Yeah, I think that's the point. Of course, you've got to putt, but it's there's the emphasis is not necessarily on that. You're, you're not every, in other words, not everybody is going to be fine in the greens in regulation, and it's 
let, let's call it a Webb Simpson. It's not it's not the Webb Simpson who's going to hold every 15, 16 foot putt. And that's the difference, isn't it? It's it's totally about finding the right bit of the of the fairway. And even from there, some of these greens are really hard. They're going to they're going to quicken them up this week, I believe, aren't they? Yeah. So 11 last week or something, 11 and a half, and they're going to be 13, 13 and a half this week. this week and, and slightly thicker rough, so mm. there's going to be a bit more of a premium you, in the fairway. Absolutely. Yep. So you, you've you've got to... F- You've got to find uh, you've got to find the short stuff. You've got to find the short stuff with your second shot. I think it just looks amazing. Now we we have to mention him, and and I'm going to do it briefly because I've actually had to mute his name on Twitter because I'm fed up of of the debate over it. Bryson comes back here. He's a winner in in 2018. Finished 22nd last year. He's in the form of his life right now. Worthy favourite. Yeah, that's just amazing, isn't he? It's phenomenal, and I think that you know I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to spend. I could spend an hour yeah. talking about it. I just think that maybe it's been underrated what he's doing. Everyone seems to, and it's not everyone. It's fifty-fifty split, I think. But a lot of people are just going, "Oh, he's had a protein shake. He's whacking it as hard as he can, and he just hits it really far." Well, no, he hits it really straight as well, and his putting is actually what saved him. Well, not saved him, well, got him the win uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. You know, he led the field in strokes game putting, and you know, tees to green. So. Uh, off the tee, sorry. So th- there's more facets to his game than, than maybe he's talking uh, about. We know his struggles around the green. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, and that's going to be the next step. If he if he tidies that up, he's unbeatable. It's li- He literally is unbeatable because he hits it 50 yards past most players and 30 past some of the next best. If he can learn how to chip, then good luck everybody else. I think his only danger is himself, isn't it? The, the thing I like about him, though, is that I know you said, obviously, that he's very robotic around the greens and, and there's no feel there. And he'll know that because oh, that's the will. way yeah. he works. Yeah. But if he can still keep that robotic way, but know a way to make... I don't trust... And there's no one I trust more on the PGA Tour to go and fix a problem than him. Because he'll do it himself. He won't have several people in his ear, this coach, that coach, mentors, different players. He'll just go He'll go in the lab and he'll sort it out himself. And, and that's a credit to his, his game. This is not a player that's come out of the blue and, and suddenly found a load of distance and, and done it. You know, he was a, he's the most one of the most prestigious amateurs ever in the game. And, you know, he won two NCCA double titles. You know, he's ridiculous. He's a ridiculous player. He's coming to fruition now. You'd expect him to feature heavily again this week. They're certainly going to talk about him. They're certainly going to talk about his protein shakes and his diet that he doesn't really care about talking about anymore. It's got to stick him in with Tiger, haven't they? Is it going to be Tiger? Is it going to be Kupka? They like to play that story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, I think he's a brilliant, he's a worthy favourite. If you like backing favourites, back him because he's got course form here. He's won here in the past and he's the best player in the world. I think he'll be world number one soon. And I think he, if he sorts out that chip and it'll be the next five years, he'll be around the top three because it's just, I mean, he's his favourite for every major now, isn't he? Or second favourite. And rightly so. Yeah, the way he's playing at the moment, I think the market's got it right. They can't really decide between him and JT, and controversially, but I do think when they're at their best, they probably are the best. So we'll see what Bryson does if he starts missing things. But if he doesn't, then oh, again, I keep mentioning this uh, par five, 11th. Can't wait to see him on that because if he gets that right, he's just going to be demolishing it. Yeah, uh, but it's... But there's an awful lot of problems there. Uh, and it's just, um, it's himself, isn't it? I don't think he is catching himself, to be honest with you. I think he's listening to what's going on. He does a few stupid things, but do you know what I mean? There's, there's somebody on his back now, 24 hours a day. It's, it's like when Tiger, you know, had his little indiscretion. There's somebody on this fella's back non-stop now. 
I mean, I don't know if they've, they've pulled off slightly of somebody like Rory. Maybe they have. Uh, maybe that would do Rory some good. But, you know, it, everything. He, I know he had to go at the cameraman, and that was a bit ridiculous. But he's news. So he's news in the sport. He's possibly news further further out from the sport as well. And it's what's going to happen if he deals with that. Yeah, he, he, he could be anything. I could see why you would you, you can get top eight you get top 10 in at one place not that you can get on but hard to see isn't it yeah absolutely and look you know we know what jt did last week we know what jt does every week again you know between the two of them it's very hard to pick a favorite maybe it might be just worth taking the extra point on thomas because he done it last week and we don't know how bryson's going to react after being getting his win rory's back this week plays the course as rory should do you know he's got an eighth for fourth a fifth and a tenth here and he was pretty impressive at the Travellers last time, but it was an 11th. I think I said it about Matsuyama at the Rocket Mortgage, when everyone was looking at the 13th as a positive, and I was sitting there thinking, well, he should have been, that's the minimum he should do. I don't think that's the minimum Rory should do, is, you know, as an 11th. I don't think you can discount it. But I don't see it as a massive, you know, oh my God, Rory's after finishing 32nd and 41st. I don't think the 11th suddenly suggests he's back. I just think he's returning to the mean a little bit. Yeah, but he did shoot a 63 in the opening round. And he plays well at it. Yeah, I, I didn't particularly want to be on, to must be honest with you. He's going to be there, isn't he? But I, I, I don't think I've seen enough there for us to say, would we want to be on just a couple of points bigger than DeChambeau and Thomas? Not for me, not at the moment, no. I'd rather be on Dustin Johnson because he's got an eighth for third and a fourth here. He won at the Travellers. He was 17th at the Heritage when far from his best. He's shown what he can do when he comes back. And... Yeah. No one's as consistent as him, are they? In terms of wins, we, we mentioned it last time. He's won however many years in a row now. Yeah, seventeenth the Heritage sits well. We are, last week you mentioned that previous winners have got nice finishes at, over there at um, Hilton Head, and uh, yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, it, it's so it's so difficult. I think we normally sort of say something like, "Oh, and I wouldn't take fighter two then for winning or whatever." I think you might yeah, well. Yeah, you probably would because can't they? You know, I said last week, didn't I? That. I'd rather wait until this week and, and back him at a slightly bigger price because I think he's got just as much of a chance. And I stand by the comment because, to be honest, until he, the final round, he was never in it. If he doesn't shoot that, that final round, what was it, a 64, 65, he, maybe he would have got that 21, 20 to 1 about him if he'd have shot a 68. But that's the type of player he is. He can get that hot. He's bound to be up there, isn't he, this week? 16 to 1 is a fair enough price again. So if I if I said to you, not that it is, but if I said to you, you could have 5 to 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, the top, either of the top 5 winning. I mean, yeah, it's, it's under, but, but you know, I'm just I'd offering that bet. price. Yeah, I would. I, because... I, think, I think this is one of those weeks where you, you are really talking strong, aren't you? Strong top of the market. They may I not win. There's but, a lot of question marks about the people directly, but I don't think John Rahms are playing the way that he can do. I don't think Morikawa is going to go back to back. Victor Hovland, I really like this week really do like I think he's trending in well we know he's trending in the right direction but I think he's playing like we said at Bryson one at the Rocket Mortgage it was a case of when not if and I think that's the same with Hovland inspired by Morikawa last week perhaps yeah because I th- I think that I still think you know a lot of people say he's brilliant and, and everyone's certainly spoken about it since the, the lockdown but I think people overlook him still I generally do I think he's people think outstanding isn't it yeah I think people are so locked in to Colin and it sounds like I hate Colin Morikawa I don't you know I really like Morikawa I think he's phenomenal I think he has his flaws so does Hovland 
but this guy has finished thir- uh, first in tees green for three events in mm. a row and has never been done uh, since the start has been tracked in 2004. That's phenomenal. Mm. That That is out of this world good to finish and they're not like opposite field events or anything like that they're top class events you know that consistency is you can't you can't get that and he finished third last week okay did he did he disappoint towards the end yeah of course he did he shouldn't have shot 71 in the final round but he had 69 67 66 on his first look at the course well he's gonna win he's gonna win again at some point and, and i'll take a chance him at 22 to 1 this week i think yeah, both both him and um, JT went up the rankings of Tita Green and uh, Andor approaching the green, and they already had extremely strong stats in in those anyway. Yeah, you cut you you cut. I'm not. I'd need to see him win again, but then you could have said that about Morikawa. So whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to argue about it. It's it's he's going to be there, isn't he? Um, has to be staying on the same course this week as well. I'm not. I'm not one of these people. I don't really look into these inspiration type things. But if you're looking at a person that might have a slight chip on his shoulder, I'd say it's him. Now I put a a poll out last week, earlier today. Sorry, you did on the best young talent under 25 in golf right now. Did you, you did. vote on it? I did. Okay, and who did you say? Morikawa. Okay. Now it's had 70 votes on there. How many people? What percentage do you think said Morikawa? 70. Not 70. 51 percent. Over half of the people that voted said Colin Morikawa. Now, I don't think it's that that obvious. I mean, you know, rightly so, 35% said Hovland, 13% said Sanjay, even 1% said other. I think Neiman's close. I don't think he's quite of the quality of those two. But I just think Hovland's closer to Morikawa than he's given credit for. I really do. Because I think that when everyone talks about Morikawa's cut streak, right, there was like, you know, it's never this Tiger-esque, bloody, bloody, bloody. But if you're looking at just consistently high finishes, I think Hovland's more solid. Yeah, OK. Right. I think, you well, know, was... he finished 12th at the US Open last year, 13th at the Rocket Mortgage, 13th at 3M Open, 4th at the Wyndham, 2nd on the Corn Ferry. Then this season, he's gone 1st okay, at Puerto Rico Open. And then, you know, since the turn of the year, uh, or yeah. since Bay Hill, 42nd, 23rd, it's... 21st, 11th, 12th, 3rd. Let's see what they do over three or four years, like the likes of JT has done. There'll be someone else out by that. By that time well, here's my, this is my point. Fun. Yeah, but this is my, this is the point, isn't it? Um, somebody like Thomas has done it now for you know for a number of seasons and been up there with the right stats for a number of seasons. Don't have to always be first. I'm not saying it's not impressive. I'm just saying let's let's see. I mean, there's there's a fellow I, I like later on that hasn't got quite as 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 sexy stats as that, and and I'm not knocking them, but is still extremely impressive and fits the profile for this absolutely and i personally wouldn't have him wouldn't have him double the price of hovland but you know each of their own i'm not knocking them i'm not knocking him at all but if we are talking about you know a value added to their name 22 doesn't stand out to me but i can see why you would say it does well i think the thing was last week he was a similar price wasn't he and and the field stronger and he hasn't got any bigger but he finished third and he's finished 21st, 23rd, 21st, 11th, 12th and 3rd in this run. And he's literally better than everybody tees green every week. Yeah, Cantley and, and him are, are the same price as they were last week, aren't they? Uh, despite yeah. despite doing things that make you make you believe they'll come on for that and, and have to be top five again, really. 
Yeah. No, no he just, he, he, to oh, me, he just he, can't be any other week, any other price. He can't, no, that's, he that's can't fair be enough. short, bigger than that. And to me, I'd rather be on him at 22 to 1, knowing that eventually he's going to win in the next month, than just avoid it because he's 22 to 1. I'm, I'm normally a person that sort okay. of avoids these because I say, oh, they're a bit too short. Okay. Uh, I just have a strong feeling that he's going to do what Bryson did and just turn these good finishes into a win. And, and why not here when yeah. he finished third last week? I, 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 as I say, I'm not arguing with you. And I think it's a perfectly good case for him. And he's going to be big. And there we are. It's, but I, I, I'm not sure there's anything there's anything outstanding there at that. I mean, you, you'd bulk at 16, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd bulk at 16. You'd want to be on at 30. Yeah, you, you're right. 22, 24. 25 that's that's the price he should be and there we are yeah there's this, this you know morikar was the price he should be after last week and that's it i suppose that's the argument isn't it is he won last week and he's the same price as hodland so yeah i, I just yeah to me we don't if know. i had someone in i know he this is going to sound ridiculous and i quite often say that about my statements over if they were tied for a lead over the last five holes hovland and morikawa i trust hovland See, because, well, I think, because I think Morikawa would miss a short putt. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if they are. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but moving on from that, there's Hideki Brooks and Shoffele. I don't really have any interest in. Webb Simpson's back in the field this week at 28-1 to 1 with Tiger Woods, who's obviously the star attraction. Any interest in Tiger or Webb? Yeah, well, Simpson's flying, isn't he? I mean, Cedar Green, he's, uh, he's, just, he's beautiful and he's got balls at patting, isn't he? Yeah. There's the difference. You know, he doesn't need to put up flash figures. Yeah, I mean, Webb, as we, you discussed last time, he, he does well after a break, which is quite good. I mean, you know, it, although he's played well at the Rocket Mortgage, it could have been a hangover, you don't know. He'll he'll bang it onto the, the short stuff when he hasn't got great figures here, is he? Which is the worry. Is he a different player now? Yeah, I mean, it's 2017. Yeah, he, he is a completely different player now. Well, I think um, the, th- the thing was is that his form, so he's only played here twice, hasn't he, in the last five years? Yeah. And they were the worst five years. Or oh, absolutely! Times yeah. he was his lowest, wasn't he? Absolutely. Uh, but he's, he's got he's got he's got the accuracy game to do well here, and he puts better than Hovland and somebody like Morikawa. Why not? Well, the thing is, the thing is, the, the the main thing with putting this week is that if you've got that to fall back on when something else isn't going right, then that's an amazing attribute. Yeah, but if you, and, and he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, if you can find the greens in a similar vein to the others, and you're a more confident putter. Then, then you're going to drop less, aren't you? At the end of the day, you might not make so many. He can't make as many birds as he did when he won. Um, that was just man. That's just madness. But he's going to drop less. There isn't going to be, as you rightly said, that 18-inch wobble when he needs it for par. It, somebody, I mean, the big difference in price there. I mean, one firm's gone 18, so it's got actually gone shorter than Hovland and Morikawa, and there's plenty of 28 out there. I, I'm not. I wouldn't back him, but I can see certainly see why you would. This is this should be. This is a tee to green approach the green course, and it's what Simpson does. I just think again, and, and this is something we've said about him the whole time since we started this podcast. Is I still think he's overlooked. I still think that yep. twenty to one, twenty eight to one, I think is ridiculous. He's you know forty to one for the Masters, where he's played well the last couple of years, compared to you know the likes of Morikara. I mean, Hovland's not even in the field, is he? There, but they've all been those two have been cut to ridiculous prices in the next majors they're playing. And Simpson's still out there. Of, uh, yeah. It's just, it, he's not a name that pe- people still, despite the fact he's already won twice this season, still don't particularly trust I mean, him. No. I mean, but then again, it's all comparative. So you look at him at 28. We look at, it, at the, you know, the man I always say next to him every time I mention him. 
Mr. Berger, and he's 40s. And I know he's got bad form, but again, it's bad form way back. It doesn't really matter. Bad time. You know, he he is another one. They are, for me, so similar. They will find the the fairway. They will find the green. And they both can putt. Um, Their figures are are, are fantastic for putting. And there's your your comparison. You know, why? He's got a third at the Heritage as well, Berger, obviously. He hasn't played for for a few weeks, but is that an issue? Nothing. But you know, you'd you'd have an interest in Berger if somebody wanted to put him up at six to four in a match against Simpson, because they're the the same player in all yeah. but in all but name. You, you can't say one of them finds greens and can't putt like players we've mentioned. That they're both capable of winning in in proper company around a course that requires proper eye and play and. If if I was going to bet one of them, it'd be Berger. I think forty or one is 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 far too big. Yeah, I mean, before we came on, we both said didn't we that Berger was too big. I just mm. think that Simpson's um, right. I think that Berger's too big. It's hard to it's hard to know what's right for Berger because he you know since Phoenix he's gone ninth, fifth, fourth, first, and third. I was really impressed with how he finished third at the Heritage and had a chance of winning again mm. straight after winning after a long layoff of you know off the top of his game little bit maybe concerned about how he's going to react from a bit of time off but 40 to 1 do you care because i know, I know you know we're not talking about three figures here but we're talking about 40 to 1 well, about the world number 28 player he, he, he had class. a he had a three-month gap after honda and came out well i've got i've got you know there's not like you say they you know on one hand i've got Webb, on the other hand i've got daniel daniel berger one is bigger so therefore he gets a vote if i'm going to pick between them two Ricky Fowler was slightly more impressive yeah, last week. Right. Still, still don't mm. really fancy him this week. Right. But the players that you, you do want to mention are around this price: Gary Woodland and Abraham Edzer again. Yeah, Woodland. Woodland. We said I think that we we thought he'd play well last week. I said I couldn't trust him with a five footer, but I think he's he's sort of turning his game around, isn't he? His putting's got a, a little bit better. He's he's losing, he's losing off the tee really, sort of recovering it with his iron play. So. You know he knows what he's got to do to work on. He is, he is major standard. I'm not not saying he's top. You know he's top of the shop, but he is he's major one standard. One, isn't he? That's the thing. Yeah, he's, but he he's yeah he's someone, not top of the shop, but but you know he is major standard. He'll know what to do. His putting has been positive for a while now, which will help here. Though we say that you don't have to putt, but obviously the green's going to be quicker. So really, it's about bogey avoidance. I would have said. So putting well is obviously going to help, and, and I just thought. Given he was 50 last week and what he did final round, I'm surprised he's bigger 45. The interesting thing about Woodland is we were talking about his off-the-tee struggles, uh, or I certainly did last week. Was That was where it looked like he was desperately out of form. And last week he put the Ping G410 driver back in that he won the US Open with. And he gained 8.55 gains, uh, strokes oh. off the tee, which is the same as Morikawa. Slightly under Thomas and and a fair bit under Hovland, but so was everybody else. So he was he was third off the tee last right. week or fourth off the tee last yep. week. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't know about that driver. In which case, I've now starred Woody, and he's going to be a play. He's, that, that's the difference. And 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 I put a tweet out saying that oh, did you? it surely has to be confidence rather than a technical thing because he would it was a it was a Wilson driver that he went to. Uh, and that's what he was struggling with. Now, he, he's got to put it through vigorous amounts of tests before he changes the driver. Um, he wasn't under an exclusive deal to play the driver. Gone. It's out of the bag, and he's got the G410 back. He loves looking down at it. He exactly. won the US Open with it, and he's played really well last week. And that 
is the difference. And the thing that I really like about last week is that he finished 37th. It sounds strange that I like this, but he finished 37th in strokes gained approach. And now we know that his approach play is his, is his strongest facet. He finished, he ranks 12th on the season. Yeah. Yeah. So you're expecting him to be better than he was last week from his approaches. And it's, as you say, if he's putting okay, which he is, it's going to be a tougher event this week than it was last week. So how he plays T to green is going to stand out against the rest. And he was fifth last week with an opening 73. So I'm surprised he's 45 to 1. Mm. I've talked myself into him the same as you have. So I'm going to start my my, my card at Hovland and Woodland. Okay. And, yep. and also, to be honest, like we say there, Berger's an interest to me as well. Yeah, he's, yeah we, t- we weren't on him until we were talking about him. No. I mean, the Berg comparison was the against the Simpson one. Um, I think about Berger, but but definitely Woodland, yeah. Net. I didn't know that, that he stuck the other driver in, and therefore, yeah, I I, I think this this suits it cements it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And then next to him in the market is Abraham Answer, who I'm just a massive fan of. He's just again, he's a, he's one that again isn't isn't quite as flash as the Morikawa's or the Hovlands or anybody like that. Doesn't get the publicity that they do. But he's ranking, um, I believe, 11th for some reason. He likes 11. I think he's 11th in uh, stroke average, 11th in tee to green, 11th in approach in green. Um, he's got 65% accuracy with a driver. His iron plays are brilliant. I think he's 55th in proximity, which is fine in, in the um, in the context of this. He's 5th from 150 to 175 yards, which I think he played quite a lot of that round here. And he's top 50 in three-putt avoidance. The other thing that swung it for me, I, I wish he'd played last week. Keep mentioning the heritage. If I want to go back over the heritage stuff, um, Duffner got form at the heritage, DeChambeau third at the heritage, and Cantley was third at the heritage. So I quite like, for whatever reason, I quite like that um, correlation. He was second there, and he was uh, second tee to green and first approaches there. I really like him. He's a tee to green machine. He's a good putter normally. And, and it could, look, like we say, golf is so weird. You mentioned it earlier on. The roll of a ball, the, the the lip out, just getting a bad line, a rough, bad line, a bunker, could be the difference between 12th and 3rd. But I thought 50s was, was very, very fair for a player that that has all the right attributes for this and, and can attack pins, isn't scared. is a great par 3 player as well, which which we've mentioned before. In fact, I think when he was second at Heritage, yeah, really like answer at 50s. I, I think top 7, I think he'll, he'll definitely challenge for a place like that. Top 8, sorry. Well, a couple of things on that is the first thing I want to mention is that when we, because you put him up at the Travellers as well, didn't you? And I sort of yeah. said, oh, I'm not interested at 33 to 1. I said, I'd yeah. rather back him at 50 or 60 to 1 in a field, a stronger field, because I think his chances are just as good. Here we are at 50 to 1. I wasn't particularly over keen on him just because of the names around him. But if he plays the way he has been playing all, you know, since the lockdown, 50 to 1 is a ridiculous price. You mm. don't know that after he's taken a, a week off. But you can only go on what what you're looking at, and the second thing I'll just say that he doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as you know the Hovlands and Morocco's. Now he's 29, yeah. so he's kind of he's kind of come out at a different age, isn't he? And and, and become a an almost world class talent later on in his career. So that's possibly why he doesn't get that, the that, same sort that's... of press. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think the point was not not wasn't really the point wasn't that he's he's not going to get the press as, as those sexy players. I think the point was making that he, his iron play is is just as good on any given day as those. 
he hasn't got form here. I mean, that you know, they, obviously they weight it on their computer models. He hasn't got the form here to to you know to jump at the page and go, wow, he's he's ready to win this. I just thought that his play this year and his iron play that I've seen, he attacks the pins and he very rarely is that far away from the pins, which which means that obviously he doesn't put too much pressure on his pain or short game. Yeah, I, I, I thought 50s was 10 points too big. I think the thing is, when you, when you look at his form on the course form, it's, it's easy to get caught up in course form. I used to it an awful lot. But he finished 65th last year. Um, but he was out of form in the run-up. Okay, He'd finished 16th for the PGA a couple of weeks prior, but he was 58th for the Charles Schwab, 59th for the Byron Nelson, miscut Heritage, 42nd Texas yeah, Open. Yeah, miles better this year, isn't it? Um, he's a different player. He's, yeah. he's a completely... You can almost discount what he's done here before because you know that his strengths suit the needs of this course. So if you just look at it from that point of view, pretend you can't pretend he's never played here because he has, but he wasn't he wasn't the player that he is. It's not he wasn't hitting the ball like he is now. Um so you can just the fact that he made the two cuts in those years, you could argue as a positive. I mean he opened with a 65 in 2018 when no one really even knew where he was. Yeah. He's again. We're we're talking ourselves into a lot of players here. He's, um, yeah, he's you were really keen. He's gone. He's gone from an invitation, you know, a player with 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 invites to uh, a, a proper player deserving of his place inside the top, you know, fifteen twenty of any, of now, any tournament. He? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he's another one, isn't he? You could you could probably throw a dart, a Berg Woodland answer, and and take your pick, and and they'd all give you a run. I think this mm. week. It's a, a great it's a great tournament, isn't it? It, it? This is a really good field and really good tournament. And, and like we said about the, the, the comment you made about five to two of the top five, that's why you can get these prices because it's hard to look past Bryson, Thomas, Rory, Cantley, and Johnson. And I'm adding in Hovland to that as well. So, yeah. but we know that it doesn't go that way. The favourites don't win every week. It's just it just doesn't happen. But it has happened. I, I, I think though in this tournament, if you look at every price bracket, however you want to do it, if you want to go everybody down to thirty, if you want to, however you want to do it, you know, and I'm looking down to two hundred to one, two hundred twenty-five to one, three hundred to one. I think normally, I think in a week we discuss it, we go, nah, not interested in somebody that, not bothered about them. I think there are positive cases to make for players in every single bracket. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely amazing tournament. This. Well, really, really look forward to it. It feels like a major betting week. Mm, it does because it, you know you get these really you go on the exchange, you get these really fancy prices about some real big name players. And there's another player I just want to mention at this price point that's coming up. You know, you, you look here, Kevin Streelman's in really good form. Should suit the course, does suit the course because he finished in the top seven again last week. Kucha plays well here, not playing mm-hmm. his best. Neiman we liked last week. He's now seventy-five to one should bounce back from last week. But someone that really caught my eye uh, was Billy Horschel. Seventh last week, after really struggling over par to start his round you know, on the first day. And, I, you know, this is a guy that just wins, doesn't he? I know I know, maybe not to the, the clip of, you know, Thomas or someone like that, but he's won a FedEx Cup. You know, he's contended in majors. We know ball striking generally is his bread and butter struggles with the putting every now and then but when it comes down to 10 million that's he certainly got it there and he finished tied seventh last week and you know he, he wasn't at his best so if he can not put it up a notch is he a big price not for me no well i mean i think if you've got somebody like streelman at that same sort of price you take a chance with neiman at that sort of price streelman over neiman for me this week paul casey for me again um 
amazing stats uh, approaching. We know he's going to struggle a bit on the obvious, but he won't be missing that many greens. Your mate, Mark Leishman, who you fancied last week. Not anymore. You don't fancy, okay, you don't fancy him anymore. Hadwin played, been playing well. I, I personally would don't want Billy Horshaw now. No, I think it's a name that, to me, like I, I think most weeks he's overrated in the market because of what he's done. I just thought that maybe because of the evidence of last week, he was actually at a reasonable price. So I thought that 80 to 1, because he, he's 80 to 1 every week when he's in the field. He's that sort of price, unless it's a unless he's on that two or three top fives in a row run where he goes to 20 to 1 where you don't want to bet him. He's generally an 80 to 1 player. And I just thought it's interesting yeah. he's still at that same price when he played well on the course last week. And he didn't have his best stuff. He finished 30, 30th and 32nd in, in approaching tee to green. So yeah. he got it and, round. Yeah, and he's he's got the art. He's got the heritage form as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, he's not a player I I particularly ever look out for. But yeah, you know, yeah, he's he's not going to be one for me. But I, I can see why you why you would give him a chance. Do you have any interest? So we've got Kisner there at hundred to one. Yeah. We've got Sung J M, who's a fantastic player, maybe a bit out of form. Poulter. Yeah, well. He played keeps, well last week, didn't keeps he? keeps popping up, doesn't he? I mean, Poulter last week made a lot of putts mm. and, and nothing else was really at his best. I mean, he's, he's an incredibly good iron player, which sometimes gets overlooked because of just his putting. And you always get a mention of the Ryder Cup when you don't need a mention of the yeah, Ryder of Cup. But he lost 0.602 approach last week. Uh, T screen, sorry. Yeah, I just uh, find it, he's, he's just going to get... Mullard, isn't he? On no, on, uh, he is though, isn't he? On some of the holes, he's going to be taken in. Yeah, he's too. You know, far, two clubs, it? two club clubs more, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's great, and and I'm not not knocking, but I've, as we've discussed before, what he's done for, in his career has been amazing. He's got the the most out of his game, absolutely, of uh, probably anyone in in the world, I think. Yeah, but he he has he, you know on this sort of effort, I think in this field, at his age and his stage of his career, he's going to have to keep hitting twenty five foot putts. He's not going to have a choice, and it's you can't do that all week, can you? He, he, he played well last week, and it was nice to see him turn up on the coverage, I thought. And he is great. I think, you know, whatever you think of him personally, he is great for the game. Puts all his heart and soul into it, and when he's on, he's on. Why not? I mean, you know, like, as you say, it doesn't always have to be about winning. So the 90-1 is an indication of what he might be as a top 20 play. Normally it's a 10th and then a 20th, roughly, isn't it? So maybe you can look at that type of thing. Top Englishman, if you particularly want. You know, Rose, I'm not particularly that fussed with. I respect his chance. You know, a bet like that. So it's not necessarily can we see him winning one in every 90, because I can't. Not not in this field with his, his lack of length. But there are plays around that if, if you wanted to be with him. Yeah, absolutely. And there was I'm just looking at the list. I highlighted all the players that finished in the top 10 in both tee to green and approach to green last week. Thomas Hovland, Morikawa, we've talked about extensively. Hideki Matsuyama, we know he's going to pop up in both of those. You just can't putt. Same every week. One player that I'm a bit disappointed isn't turning up is Russell Henley. I'm not sure if he just didn't get into the field or or just isn't playing for whatever reason. But he was, he was brilliant sort of tee to green and approaches. Taylor Gooch is another one. Mm. He's two hundred and fifty mm. to one. Yeah. Um, lost strokes around the green and and putting, um, which is not something that he would that he would regularly do. So interesting to see how he plays with the with the tougher test. And then and then it comes to to your mate who you're going to mention now. Well, hold on, you've, might... you've skipped over Harris English, who oh, I think is too big. If you can get one hundred and fifty, 
I know he's been off with, you know, whatever, whatever illness that he might have or might not have had. He's playing really, really well. Another tee to green merchant. Um, camp up when he's on the game. Heritage hit 64 final round, finished top 20. Top 10 in the Arnold Palm. I know that's not necessarily a, um, you know, an indication, but it shows your game. Your game is in flying form. So, I, and I actually think that 100, just skipping over as we were going through the list, the 150 does seem awfully big. We know that he's, you know, back on form. We know that he's, he wants to play the game again and we know that he's fit. And that looks, that looks a bit too big to me, to be honest. But well, I think back to when at the Charles Schwab, when everyone, everyone and his dog was on Harris English at 41 or 51 or whatever he ended up at and he, and he, and he let him down and then finished 17th for the Heritage. Yeah, but it's not bad. He's, He's playing excellently, isn't he? Like you yeah, say, yeah. Miscut. Um, he's not a, a bad miscut. You know, we, we say every week. He's not. It's seventy-two, sixty-seven. When you look at his ability, he is amongst the the top echelons of the tour. Okay, he's not in the in the Hovland's Thomas Morikawa, you know, equation. But he is a winner. He's proven he's a winner, and he's got countless amounts of top tens this season. You know, a lot of them come earlier in the year. But again, he's a type of player that's going to hit the greens. That's yeah. Cool. It's 37th in, in approach to green at the moment. And he's 18th tee to green overall. It's big. It's big. tidy, isn't he? It's, 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 it's a big price. The, the thing is, has anybody that's had an enforced absence actually come back and done anything? Not even Kepka could do anything, could right. he? And, and you know, I'm not... I'm not Whether there's a, a bit of controversy as they turn up again, I've got absolutely no idea. There shouldn't be, because he's actually taking his time out, um, yeah. unlike some others. And hopefully he doesn't get lumped in a group with, you know, people with expanding waltz and stuff. But I, I just just as we were going through it, you know, I'm looking down there and, and it's not saying you can get on that price, but it's big, isn't it? Well, he's 18th in 2015 yeah, as well big, when, he, when he yeah. was playing well. And, and that shows that he can play the course. In fact, um, so, so yeah, in fact, he's better than the, the play I had at around that price. Well, let's go to that other play that he was talking about. What, Bradley Keegan. Bradley Keegan. Keegan Bradley. Who one, looks one like Paul he plays for Bradley Keegan. Sorry. It's a price. He looks like he plays with children's clubs, but they're actually longer than standard, he's, which I always find hilarious. He's absolutely mad. I've said it before, and I'll say it under my breath again, but nobody particularly wants to be on. Nobody particularly likes him as a punter. But uh, his Tita Green play has always been excellent. We know that. He just, you know, he would have won half a dozen more if he could have been able to do anything with a short stick. Uh, it was just last week. He caught my eye last week. Uh, you know, Norland had done the same the week before. He's actually quite big at 250 if he can continue some of that form. But Norlander did the same and, and did a job on the exchanges. You know, um, we mentioned last week, you know, lay off, lay off W stake at quarter of the odds and still leave yourself a lovely bet. He was first approaching approaches to green um, and fifth in tee to green last week. If we can take that as, as gospel, so he's on basically the same course. I know he lost... 100 million shots on the green and and that is the worry and like i say that he, he was on my plan but that english price i think in that bracket i think english takes him to be honest with you so i'm the really thing, sorry but but I, I was with keegan and i'm not now the problem with keegan bradley is that when he loses seven strokes on the green like he did last week or just under you you don't expect that to bounce back next week do you? no he's the same isn't he every week it's it's not quite that disastrous every week but that is, he loses strokes every week. He's he's a bad putter, which you know he is a victim of this putter change. It, the, you know the anchoring, he's never recovered. Adam Scott, um, funny enough though, is it? maybe he should have copied his cheating stick as well. <laughs> Bernard Langer. 
Yeah, but you can forgive him. But you're talking about a player who wants to win majors with a cheating stick. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, Webb Simpson's gone out and, and recovered and recovered really well. It looked like he wasn't going to, and Keegan Bradley hasn't. Is And Keegan Bradley is as good as anyone with his irons. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about Morikawa, people forget that how good Keegan Bradley has been for a long time with okay. his irons. Okay, he's not as good as Morikawa. But he's, you know, gained over ten, nearly eleven strokes approach last week. We go back, we go back, and we go back, and I mention Joe Durant every single time. And in the very, very old days, before the internet, <laughs> when you bought the Racing Post and you looked at the stats at the bottom, Joe Durant was leading the GIR every single week for like nine hundred years. Didn't win many. So unfortunately, we've glossed over. We've had a chat. Harris English is a better bet than Keegan Bradley if you can get the under and fifty. There's, there's one name that I keep looking back to and the reason I keep looking back to is one because I think it's a real crying shame how he's fallen off a cliff two oh is Matteo actually... turning up here as well no he's not turning up here as well this guy is a two time major winner has played well the last two weeks doesn't play very well here let's see if you can guess it two time major winner St Andrews Augusta bear with go on help me out Zach Johnson. Oh, Zach Johnson. Of course. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, we talk about a guy that, okay, he's not going to hit the greens as much as everybody else does, but he's very tidy around them, isn't he? he yeah, he's been put um, up by, by somebody, isn't he, today? Has he? Well, yeah. I just I just think that a 200 to 1, he's, he's a player that you look at his, he was gone at the game last season, mm-hmm. and he's suddenly finished 43rd, miscut 11th, 31st in the last four events. Now, yeah. okay, it's not outstanding but he played very well at the Travellers shot a 64 there and and he looked okay last week Not again nothing special but he had a 74 that really killed him in the second round mm-hmm. you know he's, he's improving he's, he's getting back to whatever it was that he lost I mean he's a massive overachiever in, in life anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just yeah, is okay he's you talk about poles again the most out of this game I mean this guy you know, he's one of Masters. I know the weather was in his favour, but Christ. Okay. Like, he is an exceptional talent for someone that that really has a limited skill set compared to the rest of the PJ Tour. Do you yeah. not think? I've, I've, you know, I've always been a fan of Zach. Uh, not necessarily here. Obviously, love. He doesn't play. He doesn't play well here. He does. He literally doesn't play well here. But he plays well at Colonial, and he played okay here last week. Just thought he, you know, two hundred to one. The sort of players that you're looking at around that, that price point. I mean, who would you rather back? You get a blazer. You get a blazer or a tractor when you win here. Neither, unfortunately. You get a milkshake, don't you? Yeah, not fit. Not, yeah, not for me then. I think if if it's not a blazer or a a tractor. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, he was put up by by, you know, a respected uh, columnist. I see where you're coming from. It's 50 I could put in front of him for me. Yeah, I mean, again, there's the, we've already established. There are other people that, at the same. I think there are other people at the same price you could make a similar, if not better, case for. Well, I'm going to make a better case for one in a minute, anyway. But I just thought he was a name that I've I've been looking out for to see if he's going to improve or whether he's just going to that's it from him for now on. And he and he is returning to form and and you see these guys, you know, Jason class Duffer, players. Yeah. They do it, don't they? They return to form and they win one week and you go, oh, where's he been? Interesting. The next person I want to mention is Troy Merritt. Now, he's been in good form the last couple of weeks. 
he ranked where are his fifth in strokes gained approach last week and 14th tee to green. That's with losing strokes off the tee. He's just he's a good player, isn't he? He's someone who you know finished eighth for the Rocket Mortgage, 22nd last week. He's won at the Quicken Loans National and the Barbasol. Okay, not massive events, but he's third at the Heritage before. And yeah, that works well. Yep. Oh, and a tenth at the Heritage last year. Yeah, it works. So. Yeah. 225 to 1 for a player that's you know in good form he's had two top 22 finishes the last two weeks uh should have been better last week really had two 72s in there i just thought a big price he, he was an interesting one maybe you want to see how he, he goes to, to start the week but you might you know he's a, he's a type that can shoot a low round to open up with and, and then you lose the price all of a sudden no i i actually agree with you we were talking earlier weren't we and yeah you mentioned you, you quite liked him at the price and I think I agree with you, to be honest with you. I think I agreed with you somebody last week, and it was shocking. Yeah, on this occasion, yeah, 225. I know that, yeah, he's playing well. I mean, he's going forwards in his career. His results are improving. He's he's going in the right direction. Um, the heritage form is there, as you rightly say. He only ruined this year's... Oh, where am I? Hold on. My apologies, people. Uh, don't, know, don't know what I've done there. Click the wrong button. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't too. I know he finished 70th at the Heritage, but I mean his rounds weren't that bad, were they? He just got left behind, really. Um, and he did play well. He went forwards last week, 67 final round. And there's question marks over his short game, but there's question marks over everyone's, you know, game. I mean, he's actually terrible around the greens um, on the yearly basis. But what's he going to what? Yeah, what's he going to have to do? He's going to have to hit greens, isn't he? I mean, we keep saying it. And but, he can do it. He did it last week, all last week. The few more putts drop, maybe the faster greens suit him, and and there we go. I just think the two hundred and twenty-five yeah, to one. If you're going because with with the shorter prices that you're going to take this week, you're going to want a couple of lively people, don't you, on, on the exchange and a few longer longer odds, yeah, at, yeah, you know, eight places, enough. whatever. And he's one of them, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I like him as well, Tom. Yeah, Joel Damon, I liked last week. He but he really did. Crap out now, 200 to one compared to the 90 yeah, last week. Yeah, no surprise, really. Um, I can't see him featuring in this field personally. No, I think I think this is the thing is that you know, there might only be a three or four additions to the field last week, five, but they're massive, aren't they? They're, they're, they're big players that are going to take up the top 20, top 10. So it's you're losing the places very quickly, and you've got to be at your very best to be amongst those names. And and when you get down to this list, you're you're taking a chance, really. I mean, I know we've seen someone like David Lingworth win here in the past, but can I see that this week? Probably not. Not with not with the way the people are playing, and we're coming out of a of a lockdown period where you know the the best players have, have grooved in early. I think it's the, the current form is is more of an indicator than it has been for a yeah. long time now. Yeah, that's right. And and you know it's hard to argue against those at the top of the betting. Yeah, I mean just couple i've mentioned paul casey i keep saying wherever cantley is on the rankings paul casey is he obviously likes it around here he's also got form at the heritage which links in he's got 11 22 18 there now he's going back a while can't quite understand why he's taking weeks off it's up to him obviously he's made enough money i thought 75 was was perhaps a bit too big but you can't really see him winning can you that that's the problem but he was definitely definitely worth mentioning he's that these are the courses that he wants. I was surprised he didn't come out earlier in this season, if you like. So he was one worth mentioning. The other one that we spoke about earlier that you, you weren't sure about, maybe you're right, was Ches Reevy, 
And the only, the only reason he's a top 40 players, 40th ranked in the world, dropped down one last week. And he's available at 200 to 1 after a 17th last week uh, with a final round 67. Not say he's going to sort of, you know, blow the world apart. But I just thought that was that was quite an insult for a, for a player that, you know, he is a winner. Won the Travellers last year. I know it's 11 years since his previous one in terms of top grade anyway. I, I just thought it was just the wrong price for a, for a player like that. I, I, I haven't really got anything else to add or to say that he's going to be staggering. But he was 26, uh, sorry, 13th tee green, 33rd, but he still gained uh, on approaches. He was fine around the green and he, his putting was fine. The putting yeah, is a he, bit of a, a plus point. He can be a bit of a bit of a, a muppet on the greens. <sighs> Did the slower greens help? I, I can't. You know, I, I don't know. But he's got enough rounds there lately. You know, three rounds in the 60s in the Travellers. A couple again, Heritage, which I like. Yeah, he was 74th, but he ruined it with that final round 76. So he's six to eight shots worse off just on that round. Um, and I, I just thought it was quite an insult to put him in at 200. Yeah, I just it's hard, isn't it? I think he's one of those people that he's he he gets mocked, doesn't he? When when he's a short price, everyone thinks how can how can you back Ches Reevey? Mm. But then he just turns up on leaderboards, which which you know gives him that short price. Yeah, again, again like you say, he's, I didn't really agree with him, but I actually was surprised to see how high he ranked in one in the field in seventeenth. Anyway, I didn't even really notice him all week, and then how high up he was in the tee to green. So he's played the course well last week. And he's, you know, okay, he only won once in the last God knows how many years, but it's recent. There's nothing to say that he doesn't go and win again very quickly. And, and all of a sudden, the latter part of his career is very good. I keep saying it about Kevin Nahr. Everyone mocked him for being a yeah, winner. Yeah. Wins twice in the space of 18 months. And I suddenly think he's going to be a completely different player. Hasn't come to fruition yet because of his back and things like that. But that if you're down that kind of mindset, he's a, he's a big price. He is. I mean, he, he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit where you want, which is a, a very top ranking in the in the tee green approaches. But uh, it, it just caught my eye as, as I didn't quite understand. He did catch my 17th last week. Don't know why. And when I looked, I, I just thought it was wrong. And I can't really, I can't really say he's going to win. I can't really say he's going to be placed. It just looks wrong. And and there are theories that that's what you do. You you back everything that's wrong. And and for me, that is. Now, there's a couple of European tour players that, that we always seem to, to talk about every week. And, you know, you've got the Eric Van Royens of Biz Wiedenhaus. Yeah, Biz Wiedenhaus should like it here, but you can't be confident at the moment. Matt Wallace gets a lot of uh, mm. focus on Sky Sports, doesn't he? Whatever he's English. Brandon Grace always comes up. He's probably more of a PGA. Alex Norman, things like that. There was one person that really stuck out to me that was Matthias Schwab. Now, by no means do I think that he's, you know some that you can put right at the top of the list in this kind of field but you know he is a player that you talk about hitting greens now he ranked fourth in greens regulation 2018 on the european tour 17th the year after he's not the same this time around he's, he's currently 90th but he's enjoying a bit of a uh, suffering a bit of a lull sorry in in form on the european tour but you go back to the hsbc champions last november and he finished fourth uh, alongside Abraham Anser, then finished second in the Turkish Airlines Open uh, to Tyrrell Hatton. You know, he's a, he's a high-class player. And these top finishes, did he just go through a bit of a purple patch last season? Possibly. But when you look at who he got, he got beat by Paul Casey at the European Open. Just just spoke about he's got beaten by Hatton. 
He's been beaten by Peters at the Czech Masters. He's played well in um, the European Masters, you know, in Austria. He, to me, just seems like a player that if you want someone to hit greens, he's someone that's worth looking at. 350 to 1, I thought was a massive price. And God knows what he is on the exchange. He's ranked 82nd, but he hasn't won. I don't think he can win. Like, It's not like someone here that we're looking at you know, 200 to 1 and thinking, OK, he could possibly win. No, I don't think he can. No. But if you're looking at one of these people that, to trade early on and someone shoots off the leaderboard on a Thursday and you go, retire Schwab, and, and he's, it's because he's hit 14 of 18 greens and, and converted five of the putts and he's five under. It wouldn't surprise me if that sort of thing happened. Okay. I don't I don't really have any interest in it. I was really no, no, more that I just was surprised he was even in the field. Yeah, I can't believe it. As, yeah, yeah. Was he qualified? I, I don't know if he's... I think he must have just got an invite or something like that mm. because... He should um, be playing Austria, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I couldn't work out why he wasn't playing, and I suppose it's it's not a good enough event for him. But I thought he'd be building up for the the UK swing, where he's obviously got a chance of winning. But I just thought it was a, a name that really stood out to me yeah. as a as a player that I was like, oh, surprised he was playing, and he was alongside Cameron Smith in the betting, who everyone thought was the second coming, and he's three hundred and fifty to one this week. Yeah, it's a major it's a major betting week, isn't it? That this is why you're getting these kind of prices about these kind of players. Because all the best players are in the field, um, and when that happens, you can get you can name your price on most people, and it's not out of the realms of possibility. We spoke about Taylor Gooch earlier on, yep. two top ten, you know, top ten in both of the categories, and he's two hundred and fifty to one. He's been a player that's gone close in big events, you know, not that long ago. You know, tenth at Riviera, thirteenth at Bay Hill, seventeenth last week, fourth in Houston last year, fourth in the Desert Classic, third at Torrey Pines. He's played he's played really well in a short space of time uh, he's won on the Corn Ferry Tour is he going to step up in this kind of field probably not but a top 10 isn't out of the question no I think there's there's, there's quite a few here to be honest with you that, that you could say that uh, but that's not what we're looking for is it we're looking for people that we realistically think yeah we, we yeah yeah, we, we, and that's a short list this week I think well shortish yeah it's a shortish list I think we, we, we rightly say that there are obvious ones up there and we are tempted with them and they are extreme class but you know the cases we've made for people you know the, the top five are never the top five are they um no. you know at the end of the day there'll be two of them there and there'll be half a dozen places available for the rest and you know, for me there are a couple that i, I think your, your your troy merit is is too big i think answer and woody uh make perfect sense and, and nothing would surprise me to see either of them win or or go very very close just on Schwab, did he win the um, a sort of little home open thing? Quite possibly. Yeah. I, I didn't pay enough attention to no, that okay. sort of thing. No, okay, fair enough. Doesn't, um, doesn't matter, I suppose. To but he's, he's just a player that, you know, he was a massively improved player on the European Tour, and we've seen players do that. I mean, Bezwedenhout came over and impressed at Bay Hill. Is he the same quality as him? Don't know yet. Van Royens played well in the WGC. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Schwab just, himself played well, didn't he? Something I was... I was I was looking at Damn pondering. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, but yeah, for me, for me, you're looking at the top lot. You like Hovland, which is fair enough. I like. We're, we both like Woodland now, um, and I've put answer in. So of your top what, 15, 20 players, there's there's three of them. I'm not with Hovland, but you know, don't have a problem with that. And, and the others, I think we throw in at, at what I would say are, are just too big prices. You know, they're too big, so therefore their chance is better than they say that is. And We'll see what happens. English is too big at 150 if you can get it. 
Troy Merritt. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, he's playing very, very well. And, and as, as I say, Ches Reevy, just because he's a better player than being stuck in at whatever he's been putting 80th in the field or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, 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 one of those, it's one of those hard weeks. It's a good problem to have, is that you really do expect one of the top players to win. But when you're looking for value outside of them, I mean, Gary Woodland's not a massive drop-off in class, and he's nearly 50-1. to 1. It's, an, it's a nice thing to mm. ponder, isn't it? Can Gary Woodland win? Well, yeah, of course he can. He's won the US Open at Pebble Beach last season. So, yeah, I think it's a good week. I think that we both both like Gary Woodland. My headline selection is is Hovland, so it's gone Hovland, Woodland, undecided about both Berger and Anser, I've got to be honest, just because I don't know what Berger's going to be like coming off of that win and the third after a little break. He should be fine. He should be absolutely fine. I don't think there's going to be any issues there. And and then there's just a lot of players that I'm unsure about. I'm unsure whether they just look big but can't have, like, like the Zach Johnsons, that, okay, he looks big at 200 to 1. Troy Merritt, I do think, is worth a better 225 to 1. But I just think you're probably reaching. I think you're probably looking at them thinking, oh, they're a big price, and probably one of the top 30 in the betting at least is probably going to win. Yeah. Okay. I don't that's, think it's an outsider as well. No, that's summed up. That's some, summed up well, I think. So, so who, who are your? So, my official picks are going to be Victor Hovland and Gary Woodland. They're going to be my two that I'm going to start with, and I'm going to possibly have a look at the exchanges for the others and, and put some tweets out if we need to. Yeah, I think Ansar. I wish he'd played last week, but then you may not have got fifties. So Ansar's my headline. Woody's not far behind, and then the three bigger ones. Uh, I'll nod to Casey and Norlander, but not going to play them. English definitely if you can get 150. Reeve is too big, 200. Again, maybe a top 10, top 20 play there. And then I agree with you on Troy Merritt. So there's five there, a couple of them to play maybe differently. But yeah, yeah, I like them. And, and I definitely expect Answer or, or Woodland to be right there. Do we have a confectionery topic this week? Well, I don't know, not unless it's whether you put we're, chocolate in a freezer we're... or not. Chocolate in a freezer. Yeah, you must put chocolate in a freezer. If you certainly the Bourneville dark chocolate buttons, if you can put them in a freezer, they they're just amazing. I'll yeah, double deckers at freezer. You never put put a crunchy in the freezer. Put a crunchy. It's hard enough as it no, is. No, no. Put a crunchy in a freezer and leave it for a few days. Yeah. When you open it, it completely falls apart. Completely. Yeah. Oh good. If you eat it out of the wrapper, it will just go all over the place. Yeah. It tastes unbelievable. <laughs> There's someone in my work who decided to freeze chocolates and break it up like a Bourneville into one little piece so she could just have that, you know, one one square a day as she was on this Slimming World diet. So that's what that sounds like to me. No, no, I don't have, believe me, I don't just have one <laughs> square a day. No, no, no. Honestly, crunchies are, are just lifted to another level in a freezer. All my chocolate goes in the freezer. So you know we had a discussion last week about tea and biscuits mm. and, and it depends whether you dunk it or whether mm. you you eat it just in its normal state is it do you actually have a different list for chocolates when they're in and out of the freezer then no all chocolate should be in a freezer really yeah. so you, you you literally would buy a chocolate bar and go straight in the freezer go straight in the freezer so what about chocolate ice creams like a mars ice cream well they go in a freezer don't they no i know they go in the freezer <laughs> i'm not asking you that oh sorry what what I, I thought that you... was your link I, I... no 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 i i really enjoy a mars ice cream but do yeah. you prefer just chucking in a regular mars in the freezer <laughs> Well, no, because one's a chocolate bar, one's an ice cream. I know that, but you sound like you like chocolate in a freezer. Do well, you, it's like saying, do you, just... do you like milk on, do you like milk on your on your cornflakes? No, I, I, I melt down milky 
bar. I mean, what what that's got doing? No, that's doing nothing. But what I'm saying is, you know, I've never heard of someone chucking a crunchy in a freezer. So, to me, the answer to me chucking a crunchy in a freezer is to have a crunchy ice cream. They're available, but you're just chucking a regular no, chocolate bar no, in the freezer. No, it's not. Doesn't make it. Doesn't make it an ice cream. I know it doesn't make it an ice cream. Well, therefore, why, why, how is putting an ice cream in the same as putting a chocolate bar in it? One's a frozen chocolate bar, and one is a frozen, over-sugared mess. What made you put chocolate in the freezer in the first place? Stop it melting. <laughs> Just put it in the fridge. Uh, mate, do it. I'll change your life. I'm not putting chocolate in the freezer. Yeah, but, but you won't have you, what you'll have. <laughs> you'll only have dairy milk. <laughs> I bet you're a ch- I bet you're a ketchup in the cupboard kind as well, aren't you? No, ketchup's in the fridge. Thank God for that. It tells you on the, it tells you on the label it's got to go in the fridge after it's been opened, but everyone seems to think it's got to go in the cupboard. Well, let's do, let's just do chocolate bars then. You can do it based on what you like in a freezer, and I'll just do it based on. Ah uh, well, there's so many. Everything is just better, but yeah, crunchy in a in a it's just stunning. So that's your number one chocolate, is it? No, I, I, it's impossible. I mean, it depends on your mood. Double deckers are lovely out the freezer; they just completely crack. I, 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 I honestly, I, I'm, I'm a huge. I just love chocolate. I'm going to crack one Dark chocolate, definitely over milk. There's, there's so that's, a, that's an age thing. There's so much out there. It's just, it, it honestly, it's stunning. There's a lot of rubbish out there. Mars bars and stuff are just rubbish, aren't they? That's yeah, just, I don't really like a Mars bar. That's a gold, that's a pro shop special. A Mars bar, isn't it? <laughs> I like a whisper, but you're going to say it's too plain. Whispers are okay, but Revels are good at having a freezer. Right, and obviously Maltesers, you can only eat one way. You, you, know, you know, Maltesers have to be eaten, removed from a freezer, and in your mouth with a swig of tea. And if you ain't doing that, you ain't Maltesering. So it's just come out of the freezer. It's come out of the freezer. You, you, like, you don't have to rush. So you get your bag out of the freezer, you sit down on your sofa, cup oh. of tea, I don't know, about four or five Maltesers normally. You can't just have one. Four or five Maltesers in your gob, swig of tea. Mate, no need to get married. That's all I'm saying. I think this little period of time we've all been locked down, it's got to you a little bit. I feel like, well, it sounds like you've been doing it all your life, but but chucking four or five Maltesers from the freezer into your mouth and drinking a the tea, there's a reason for concern there, I think. Not everyone can be the same, Tom. <laughs> Certainly not. Right, so we're, we're off then, are we? Yep. We're finished, are we? Good luck this week. And you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye.